This movie is full of new Bond lore, and not much else. Today I'm talking about Spectre. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about Spectre, which is the most recent, as of this this recording, Bond movie available in the U.S. Uh, no Time to Die is coming out this week. But uh, yeah, so you can kind of see how there's this tendency for one good, one eh, one good, one eh, for the for Craig Bond movies, which gives me hope for the next one, because that would be the one good one. So we'll see how things turn out. But uh, yeah, so this is the most recent Bond film, and here's my thoughts on it. It's a bit of a mess. So After the series high of Skyfall, it was going to be difficult, if not impossible, to reach said highs again. So how do you give Bond fans the catnip they need to bring them back? Bring back Skyfall director Sam Mendes, and bring in Christoph Waltz to play Blofeld, the Bond villain they had all that had all been abandoned after Sean Connery's run. They leaned so hard into this idea, they even called the movie Spectre. But as has been the case with Craig's run, Mendes' second Bond outing was disappointing. It didn't have the same life and creativity on display. So what happened? Well, writing problems happened. After a message from his past comes to light, Bonds decides to go off the grid and pursue a lead. What he finds is a terrifying criminal organization that bears a personal connection to his life and who may have infiltrated his government. I'll start off this review by saying there's a lot of things this movie does right. It makes multiple attempts to be visually inventive, including the opening tracking shot, has a number of excellent set pieces, and all of the actors are doing their best with what they're given. So why doesn't this pop like Skyfall did? There are a lot of reasons, but I've narrowed it down to three, and it's telling that two of them are writing problems. The first is, why is so much of this occurring in the dark? Something you may not have thought about or realized is how bright James Bond's world is. Almost all of the action takes place during the day or in brightly lit places. This is the same for Dr. No and Skyfall. Spectre, on the other hand, is drowning in shadows. There's a handful of exceptions, including the breakout from the Spectre compound and the snowplane set piece, but much of this movie is hiding its action or actors in shadow without purpose. And I think part of the problem is that cinematographer Hoyt van Hoytiema is trying to imitate Roger Deakins' style. Without getting too into the weeds, Deakins emphasizes things like natural light and shots, and it's clear that van Hoytema's, van Hoytema's work, he does as well, but Deakins also highlights crisp, clean visuals, and this is where Van Hoytema's doesn't quite match up. It's hard to tell whether this is a directing problem or a camera problem, but a lot of the action is harder to follow than it was the last time around, to the point where it becomes distracting. We also run into our first writing problem, the architect of all your pain. I'm going to get into a bunch of other writing problems that plague this movie, but this is the biggest solo problem. A little over halfway through the movie, Blofeld and Bond truly meet for the first time, and it's time for the villain monologue. Very similar to Skyfall, but whatever, not going to complain too much. While there's a lot that doesn't work in this reveal and everything that comes with it, Blofeld's monologue introduces an idea that immediately breaks the audience's immersion. That everything, be it Vester, Vesper, Quantum, or even Silva, was Blofeld's doing. 
And that's impossible. There's no other way to describe it. It's impossible for a single person to push everything towards this particular moment that years and nearly three successful villain plans in the making. It makes no sense. This was already a little dicey when the Avengers and Skyfall had their villains pull the Dark Knight's villain captured on purpose thing, but this is a whole other level. It's one of those writing tricks that pull, pull all the plots together that rings hollow because it was clearly made up for this movie. You can ding Marvel and company for their post-credit scenes, but those scenes are connective tissue that hint at something bigger or the next stage. Thanos grabbing his gauntlet in the Avengers was prepped for Infinity War and Endgame. If you took Thanos out of all of those Marvel movies, seeing him arrive as the Big Bad in Infinity War would ring a little hollow, because there's no evidence he was pulling the strings or even a force to be reckoned with. In an attempt to make their villain seem more pow powerful, they actually made him less compelling. Which brings us to writing problem number two, which is a bunch of underdeveloped and abandoned plot threads. Spectre got a lot of press before it came out thanks to its ending, or rather, nobody liked it. And while it would be easy to look at the underwhelming action beat that ends the movie and say, this is the problem, the collection of underdeveloped or abandoned plot elements made it almost impossible. To demonstrate this, I'm going to list off a series of ideas this movie introduces. Revenge for M's death. Family trauma. Whether or not serving your country is worth it. What kind of moral compromises governments and people will make when they're scared? How do you decide to leave a job that you know does good? That's a lot. And none of it is particularly well developed. There's just idea after idea after idea. M leading Bond to Blofeld. A stretch, but it can work. Bond having a familial tie to Blofeld. Perfection. Is the family thing a main theme in the movie? No, it is not, because Blofeld's plot is all about an overreaching access to intelligence or something. It's hard to remember, which is also bad. This approach runs rampant through the film, whether it's the torture that was supposed to lobotomize Bond that apparently didn't work with no reason given, or how Bond formed his str this strong romantic relationship with someone he's just met. Like, even Serenity addressed how a nerve cluster attack wouldn't work due to shrapnel damage, and Spectre, a two-and-a-half-hour movie, couldn't be bothered. The verdict is an unfocused mess. If you've ever finished a movie, shrugged, and gone, it was okay, and wondered why, a lack of focus is the likely culprit. And combined with the film's other problems, be it shifts in a potentially it shifts a potentially fascinating look at Bond as a character, and turns it into a giant exposition dump with action beats instead. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.